Welcome to Stories of Recovery, a Mar Recovery Resources production from Mar Addiction Treatment Center. I'm Matt Shebb. In this episode, I speak with Nicole T., a medical professional who, long before her career was started, went through Mar when she was 19. Later, as her career was getting going, she relapsed and stayed active in her alcoholism and addiction for three years. Her parents wanted to send her back to Mar, but hadn't reached out, unsure whether they'd be able to afford the program. However, the family unexpectedly heard from Mar during this crisis, and they were offered a scholarship. Today, we hear Nicole's story of how she ended up coming back to Mar and getting back into recovery. During the episode, we'll also check in with Giggy Barnes, the woman who was working at Mar, who happened to reach out during this time. This is the first episode that we weren't able to record in the studio because of the COVID-19 restrictions, so you might notice a difference in the audio quality. Also, I wanted to mention this episode especially highlighting our annual fund campaign. And one of the goals this year is to raise money for our scholarship fund so people like Nicole can come to treatment even if they don't have all the resources to pay for it. Last year, we gave out 56 scholarships to help people come to Mar. So if you'd like to donate to the annual fund campaign, just go to marinc.org, that's M-A-R-R-I-N-C.org. Click on Donate at the top of the page, and you'll be able to donate online. You can also call us at 1-800-732-5430. All right, here's Nicole's story. So, um, yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about your experience with Mar. When did you, when did you first check in and kind of what was going on in your life? So, you know, the first time that I encountered Mar, I was 19 and, you know, I had struggled with addiction and depression really from a, from a young age, you know, as a young teenager and, um, you know, just the self-destructiveness, just everything spiraled. And I came to a point, thankfully, fairly quickly going through a lot. But uh, when I was 19 to a place where I realized, you know, what am I doing? I can't, I can't do any of this anymore. I'd really run myself into that rock bottom, you know, thankfully quickly mm-hmm. to where I had nowhere else to go. And my parents offered me the help of, of treatment. And of course, you know, I didn't want to go and I was resistant and I was like, this won't help me. I'm too different. AA could never help me. You know? mm-hmm. And, um, but I went when I was 19 and, uh, and Mara was, was really great. I mean, I wanted to hate it. I really did. And, and you, even you can, it, it's treatment. They're telling you what to do. Yeah. You need to be helped a little bit because you rain your life into the ground. Yeah. And, um, so I kind of got over my little angst and everything and, and stayed. I mean, it was really by the grace of God, you know, that I let down my, my guard and the anger and, and just stayed. So, um, you know, I was there in, in feeling school and the first three months. And then I stayed again in three quarters for about up to a year. And I was able to start college at that time. Mm. And, you know, when I was a teenager, I never really saw myself in the future. I didn't really have goals or dreams because I was so short-sighted into self-medicating, you know? So, Mm. so I was able to start college and really build a wonderful life for myself. And, um, Mar was was the catapult for that because my family had tried a lot to help me before Mar, you know, therapy and boarding schools and a lot of different stuff. And um, Mar and AA was what really, you know, ended up helping me. And you said you spent about a year there in yeah. first time. You're conv- you're convinced I have a problem. Yeah. You're invested in the community. Yeah. You like AA and the solution that's in front of you and you're 
And then you kind of go back out into the world, get your degree, yeah. go to grad school, right? Yeah. Um, and you're in grad school. And then is that when you started? Was it while you were in grad school that you started using and it drinking? Was. It was, you know, I moved around for college, um, uh, went from Georgia State to University of Georgia in Athens. And I was very focused on school. I was very much into health and, you know, uh, you know, all that stuff. So I stayed sober and I moved again. So this is, I think, you know, the fourth school that I'd been to in grad school that was in Augusta. And, um, you know, I was, uh, didn't really connect an AA in that area, just didn't and didn't really keep up with my sponsor. And I was surrounded by normal people who were driven and you know in the same program I was. And they'd all go out after test, which was multiple times a week, um, to Mexico and have margaritas. And for the whole first year, I was like, I don't drink. I'm not going to mm -hmm. drink. I'm an addict. That's a bad idea. And then it just kind of got to the point where I got miserable enough that um, I was, I just, I just convinced myself that yes, I'm an addict, but maybe I'm not an alcoholic, you know, because when I was young, alcohol wasn't really available. It wasn't my thing. So, um, so it started very innocently, you know, even though yeah. we're very concerned from the beginning and just having, having drinks with friends. And then very quickly, it was like, okay, who's going out tonight, you know, going to the liquor store drinking by myself i mean within weeks and um, devolved quickly i'm i'm honestly surprised that i made it three years you know before i really hit my bottom but you know it just devolved into um you know other substances um, self-medicating um you know really when i got to that that lowest point i knew that i had a bad problem i mean i knew that i could die from this you know things were really bad and dark and um you know, at that point, I just really thought that getting sober was too hard. And I didn't think that it was worth it, that I was worth it, you know, because I was just at such a low point. I knew I'd done it before. I knew that it was a challenge. Um, but it was also the disease telling me that you can't do that again. You know, you can't. Mm -hmm. um, it's too hard. Um, but it had, you know, it had, it took me to a place where, you know, I had no choice. It was either, you know, die or get sober and so um thankfully it took me to that place you know because otherwise i guess i guess i would have just kept skidding along the bottom and in and, and misery and you know there's so much more to life yeah mm -hmm. so what were the circumstances like was it was there like an intervention type thing the second time um where it was like okay people sat you down and said i think you need to go back to mar or was it well, yeah, what kind of was the driving or was it more kind of voluntary? So, um, you know, my family did sit me down, you know, to have an intervention and um, I just wasn't ready, you know, and I said, it's not that bad. It really was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, or I'll, I'll, I'll go to some meetings, you know, I can still do this because at that time it was still kind of working for me. You know, I was still kind of having fun. Um, but ultimately it led me to legal consequences, you know, and, um, I was in that situation and, um, my parents were trying to help me figure out, you know, where I could go to treatment. And, um, and <laughs> interestingly, um, Gigi from, from Mar, um, I call her, you know, my angel because she had incidentally called my house around that time, called my parents' house when I was uh, first into the legal trouble. 
and um, and and uh, she was calling to congratulate me on nine years of sobriety because right when that happened, it would have been nine years since I had originally gotten sober. And I mean, I, I had no idea at that point, you know, I'd, I'd been out for about three years and my mom said, well, actually funny that you should call. And of course she's upset. And this is a, a hard time for them as well. Is that of course it affects the whole family. And uh, she's in need of, of some help and treatment again. And, um, and Gigi said, we'll help, you know, however we can. And she was so wonderful and gave us a lot of hope because, you know, at the time, you know, my parents had spent a lot of money on my, on my treatment and recovery. By that time I was an, I was an adult. I mean, I was 27 or 28 at that time. And, um, I should have had my career going, but addiction took that away from me, you know, at that time. And I squandered some opportunities due to, uh, the level of addiction that I had. And, uh, and so my parents, you know, wanted me to go to Mar, but you know, there were some financial limitations and I certainly couldn't contribute anything at the time. And, uh, they offered my parents the scholarship and, um, and I think even, uh, a reduction in the cost, cause I would have been in the, I was in the professionals program as well, which is just a whole other story, but it's wonderful. And, um, and so she did she did offer the scholarship and um, I'm trying to think exactly how to word it, but, but basically, you know, I was on the phone with my parents and they, and they told me that, you know, we just spoke with Gigi and she said that, you know, they were going to work it out and that you can go back to Mark. I mean, they, they didn't really share all the financial details with me at the time because they're so sweet and they didn't want me to worry about yeah. that, you know, even though it was a, a challenge and they really wanted me to be able to focus on just, getting to Mar, getting to safety, you know, and, and getting sober again. And, and I was at such a, a dark place then. I mean, I really didn't have a lot of hope. And, um, and just when, when they told me that, uh, that, that he had called at that time, which was really random and that they were going to just work it out, you know, so that I could go back to Mar. It just gave me a sense of purpose to know that, um, that there, there was hope, you know, that there was a meaning to all this for some reason and that things were going to be okay, that I was in the right place, even though I felt like it was, it was the most horrible time in my life, you know, and, and it was very challenging and it didn't get easy quickly necessarily, but I still had that relief of hope and just knowing that things had aligned, you know, and I was, I was going to be in the right place and I knew Mar and I was comfortable going there. And, you know, even though some of the, the people had changed, it was a different community. We we're in nice townhomes this time. Um, <laughs> it just, it was real, a true sense of peace um, came over me and it still makes me tear up. Every time I tell that part of the story, it makes me tear up because it really was um, a moment of, of God speaking to me at that time. Yeah. So she mentioned Giggy in there, Giggy Barnes. She did a lot of work for Mar and she's still involved. Um, when she worked there, she organized our banquet, sent out our newsletter, organized our annual 5K, to just name a few things. She had a very strong connection to the Mar community and still does, and always makes the effort to stay in touch with our alumni and their families. So now we're going to hear from her and how she remembers the events from her side. I played her a clip of Nicole telling this story and asked if she remembered. Here's her response. It was a flashback like it was yesterday. I 
when she said I called to congratulate her on her birthday, I remembered back then I used to send out sobriety birthday letters, and some people I, that I knew personally, I would call and congratulate them. I didn't call her every single year, but when I would send those birthday letters out, some of the names when I printed them would grab me and say, you know, I haven't talked to them in a while. Let me just call her and verbally say congratulations. And I remember speaking to her mom and her mom just lost it. She was so upset that what I was calling about was not true, was no longer true, and that she had been relapsing for quite a while. And they were financially stumped as to what to do. And I took it to Gary Dyes, the CEO at the time, and we knew the potential that young lady had if she would work a good, healthy program, and we took the steps to get her in and scholarshiped her, and um, her family was never more appreciative. They were over the moon that we were there to help them again, and uh, that was what made my job I, don't, I can't even really call it a job because it was a mission and a passion. So rewarding and, and is one of the things I miss so much today is talking to all the alumni and congratulating them on their milestones year after year. You know, my husband had gone through MAR and so my, I knew the miracles that came through there all the time and I wanted to see the miracles myself and know them and know their journey and their, their pain and then their joy in the end. And, uh, um, when I first got the job, it was a job. It was like, okay, it's a paycheck, it's a job. And then one thing just led to another, and I really realized what they had done for Bill and years earlier, and I, it became my heart. And to this day, it's my heart. I will do anything for Mar and will never, never say no, if at all possible. And uh, they're, they're just an amazing organization, and they're... But uh, the staff is passionate, and I think I think most I I think I'm pretty good at I'm, I'm this is honest in saying that most of the staff is like that. It is not a job. It is it is their heart, and they're not nobody's making a lot of money there because they're helping people. They're there for a reason, and they're giving back, and their lives are changed. Their lives are changed just as much as the clients are. I mean, my life I'm a totally different person after working at Mar for 15 years. All right. Now back to my interview with Nicole. I talked to my mom last night too, just to make sure that I had it all straight because, you know, they, they did, they were, they wanted me to focus on recovery. So, you know, so sweet. But, um, so what they did is they, they did give us a discount on the program. So I was doing the professionals program and it does add additional cost because it is an additional value. And that was incredibly helpful for me. Um, and then they were able to loan my parents half of the additional cost. And then I was to take on the other half of the cost and um, my parents were able to make payments on that, you know, and they had a lot of other expenses and things going on, like I said, and, um, and then they allowed me to, you know, wait until I got a job and I was able to get a job in, um, um, and, you know, in the earlier part. And then when you go into three quarters two, you can work more. And so I was, I was, I felt you know, like a productive member of society. And I was starting to pay back my portion of the loan and pay back, um, you know, credit cards and some of the other financial, you know, chaos that was, that was turned up during the, uh, part of my addiction. But, um, and then eventually I, you know, 
was making payments on it and they did loan forgiveness for my part of it. I mean, oh. it's unheard of. So I, I wasn't expecting it. Um, so that's, that's, you know, it's just incredible, you know, such, such a gift and a blessing. I wouldn't have anything that I have today without, you know, without more and, you know, all the strength and courage and confidence and support that they gave me and wonderful. Even the therapist that I saw, um, while I was in more, uh, she went into private private practice a couple years after, but I saw her for years at Mar, and then I also followed her um, later. Now she's really far away from me, but I miss her, and she is so wonderful. And yeah, still think definitely impactful, so impactful for me. And uh, I did meet uh, one of my first sponsors because she was alumni and and came back to one of the groups, you know, and she helped me for years and years, and you know, still a friend of mine. So that's awesome. Yes. So tell, tell me a little bit about the professionals program and your experience mm -hmm. with that too, because I, a lot, that's a, that's an important part of the program for people who, who are in that situation. Absolutely. Um, I was very fortunate that Mar, you know, had that program. I didn't participate in, in the first, during the first time I was there because I hadn't been in college yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the second one around, you know, I had built a career for myself, you know, all due to recovery and, and just hard work, but. And with, with the professionals program, um, it's just, you know, a, another layer of, of treatment, you know, um, we did, you know, one or two groups a week for that. And just, you know, as another added layer of accountability and recovery, um, uh, Doug Brush, uh, leaving the, leading the meetings. Wonderful. I mean, he's, you know, been in and around recovery for, you know, so long and been such a huge part of more forever. And, um, so just to have his wisdom, you know, and he can be a little, he can challenge you sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know? so <laughs> I definitely tried to stay quiet through a lot of those meetings. Um, but, but he'll find you, he will. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was a powerful, um, you know, group to be in. It was just another layer of, of therapy that we got, you know, for the unique struggles of, um, you know, being in the healthcare profession and, you know, there's other professions there in the professionals program. So it was wonderful. If you're a professional, it's kind of, it's easier to convince yourself like, well, I'm not, maybe I'm not an alcoholic all the mm -hmm. way or an ad. It's like, look, I've got this career and I built all this. Um, there's this, there's a lot of convenient things to use for denial, I guess, when you, when you're, professional and you yeah. know so having a group of people that can kind of cut through that for you and help you see that did you was that the case for you absolutely yeah that was that was helpful um because yeah i, I did kind of hang on to uh, my profession as you know um, I'm, I'm still doing okay you know i'm, I'm still okay and uh, i can i can hang on to this but um but to see to, but to pass through that and to you know, not not have so much of my identity wrapped up in the profession, um, was, was a powerful tool for me and, uh, just wonderful, wonderful people in the group. A lot of insight. If, if the, if the scholarship hadn't been available, yeah. what do you think, would you think you would have just gone to another place or mm -hmm. what do you think would have happened? Yeah. Good question. I think I would have gone to another place. Um, my parents were looking at some other places. Um, locally 
but I don't know if I would have succeeded as much, honestly, you know, I had the help from the professionals program to successfully enter back into my career. And, um, that was, that was really uh, critical for me, I think. Um, and just the, the community of more, the location being in, you know, being in Gwinnett, that's where I got sober the first time, you know, and so I was familiar with the meetings and, you know, some mm-hmm. folks that were around, um, more just kind of felt like home to me, you know, and I just felt comfortable and, and known again, even though some of the staff were different. Um, it's hard to think about, you know, we don't know what that other path in life would have taken. I would hope that I would have um, latched on to any recovery that was given to me and available to me. But I had tried before on my own to go to AA meetings and I'd end up in a bar afterwards. You know, I mean, I just, maybe I just wasn't there yet, but I, I don't think that I was one of those people who could do it on my own, you know, just kind of white knuckle through it. I really did need to, and it's so powerful to be in a, a group of like-minded people who have the same goal of, you know, climbing out of that darkness and, and uh, addiction and creating a new life for themselves. So, yeah. Yeah. And I could see how, particularly in that um, kind of where you were at or were at as a professional, that having that support the second time around would be really crucial. Mm-hmm. But yeah, absolutely. It took addiction, took what I loved away from me because I love practicing medicine and helping people. And um, it, it's just, such a wonderful career and to have it taken away really pretty quickly, you know, cause I was only in practice for, I don't know, two, three years uh, before I needed to go to treatment and um, to have that professionals program waiting for me and all the support of, you know, this has happened to other people. And, um, you know, these are the consequences you've got to deal with them. You know, this is, this is what you've created for yourself and we're going to support you to, to get back where, you know, where you can really thrive, whatever that looks like, you know, for the individual. And, um, I'm just so grateful. It took time, you know, I had to be patient. I had to re-identify who I was, what I wanted to do with my life. I had to consider, um, you know, maybe not going back to work, you know, for a while. Um, but thankfully, thankfully everything aligned and I just worked really hard and worked on my recovery and really had to focus on my recovery, you know, because I wasn't able to, you know, you can't work as a, you can't uh, practice while you're, you know, in the program, at least those, those first few months. And, um, so it just, you have to refocus on yourself and, and recovery. And so it it took time to get back, but I'm grateful for that time. And it's made me better for it. Um, okay, so my last question is: If you had one thing to pass on to people who are listening, what would it be? Hmm. You know, just to say that you know there there is hope and there is recovery. You know, from addiction, and you know, life can become better than you ever imagined it. You know, once you are able to you know let go of those vices and you know kind of surrender to to the recovery program of aa um and uh life is wonderful (laughs) yeah well thank you so much it's been so great getting to know you and and that's such a beautiful story with giggy calling you and then like getting your whole career back i mean just amazing so thank you much thank you matt i really appreciate it That's it for this episode of Stories of Recovery. 
If you'd like to contribute or donate to our scholarship funds so that people like Nicole can keep coming to treatment at Mar, just go to marinc.org, M-A-R-R-I-N-C dot O-R-G. Click on Donate at the top of the page, and you'll be able to donate online. You can also call us at 1-800-732-5430. As always, thanks for joining us. I'm Matt Shedd. Our executive producer is David Tate. Angela Edmonds is our co-producer. And we'll see you next time.